Today on Ag News Daily. I started in 2008. I think at that time we had three employees. And like I said, we're close to 100 now. August 3rd, 2023, Thursday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Tanner and Jennifer here jumping right into it. We'll start off with weather. We've got flood watches that have been issued for a large chunk of the area, including much of Wyoming, southeastern Montana, western half of South Dakota. We've had substantial rainfall in those areas. The watch in western South Dakota will take effect around noon and will remain in place all the way through Saturday. We've got more scattered showers and thunderstorms expected to produce heavy rainfall in that area, potentially up to four inches of rain as possible. So again, another dry area getting plenty of rain all in one spot. Rainfall is also possible through tomorrow afternoon into the weekend for parts of central Iowa, but severe weather, at least for now, is not expected. Jennifer, we continue to see some dry conditions in the south and in the west, which could cause some extra wildfire risk as well. Definitely. That actually leads me into my first report of the morning on wildfire warnings issued in Texas. The Texas A&M Forest Service Fire Chief shared that since mid-July, wildfire activity has increased substantially across Texas due to expanding drought conditions. Over the past two weeks, state and local firefighters have responded to 280 wildfires that burned almost 10,000 acres. This week, elevated fire weather characterized by triple-digit temperatures, low humidity, and increased wind speeds will create an environment with high potential for wildfires that are difficult to control. The threat of wildfires will be present for broad regions of the state, including along the Interstate 35 corridor, between Dallas, Waco, Austin, and San Antonio, and extending west to Caraville, Brady, Brownwood, and Eastland. Regions with increased risk also include areas east of I-45 and south of I-20, including communities near Jacksonville, Center, Lufkin, Crockett, Huntsville, Woodville, Cleveland, Kirbyville, and Jasper. The fire weather on August 2nd will approach critical thresholds when aligned with critically to extremely dry vegetation and support wildfires that are resistant to suppression efforts and may impact populations across the identified areas continuing throughout the rest of the week, Tanner. Yeah, that's not good. We'll keep an eye on that one as well. Got our ethanol report again this Thursday. Ethanol output and inventories plunged to a three-week low, which is extra dramatic, Jennifer, because the last two weeks have been record-level production. So production is still high, according to the Energy Information Administration. The biofuel dropped to an average of 1.067 million barrels a day last week. That's down from 1.09, which again was the highest level in a significant amount of time. Being above a million barrels is nearly average as far as that goes. Ethanol inventories for the week dropped to 22.86, down from 23.228, showing strong demand right now for the ethanol product. We also have the Biden administration canceling offers on 6 million barrels that were subjected to refill strategic petroleum reserves. They canceled their planned purchase of the oil to help refill the reserves, leaving the nation's emergency stockpile still at its lowest level in the last 40 years. Oil prices continue to trend upward as you see the price at the pump climbing. 
The purchase was announced by the Department of Energy last month as a part of a buyback plan to refill the 180 million barrel sale that President Joe Biden ordered last year during Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Biden administration is still trying to target oil prices between $67 and $72 per barrel when they look to purchase the stockpile. The price is well below that, what is current market right now, and we've seen five straight weeks of gains in the global demand as Saudi Arabia has cut supplies to try and squeeze the markets as well. Right now, the international benchmark is at $84.55. West Texas is still above $80 a barrel. So in order to get their target to refill the stockpiles in that 67 to 72 range, we need to have a little bit of a sell-off. So we'll continue to watch. But this did see gas prices in the U.S. climb nearly 40 cents a gallon in the last five days, Jennifer. And switching it up a little bit, we're going to look at Walmart in their recent vertical integration announcement. As last month, Walmart announced plans to open a plant in Olaf, Kansas, that will turn large cuts of beef into meat case ready steaks, fillets, and more for the Midwest stores. This is a $257 million investment in the latest of Walmart's efforts to build its own Angus beef supply chain, which began in 2019. Walmart's new Kansas plant will buy its beef from a soon-to-open Nebraska-based meat packer called Sustainable Beef. Several ranchers formed Sustainable Beef to create a new outlet for processing and selling their cattle in an increasingly consolidated market controlled by four major meat packers. By giving ranchers a stake in a meat packing plant and focusing on premium products, Sustainable Beef wants to generate better prices for its suppliers and higher wages for plant workers. Last year, Walmart acquired a minority stake in Sustainable Beef for an undisclosed sum and promised to buy most of the beef it produces. Sustainable Beef's founding ranchers will believe, still believe that their business model will improve the cattle industry for future generations. However, others believe the opposite as some ranchers argue that vertically integrating with America's largest and most powerful grocer will diminish competitive pricing for those outside the integrated supply chain and make producers within it vulnerable to Walmart's squeeze. Walmart's beef investments follow a recent trend of large grocers vertically integrating into food processing. Costco bought the chicken industry to Nebraska by opening a plant to supply its $4.99 rotisserie chickens, Walmart opened a milk bottling plant after prices, pricing squabbles with dominant dairy processor Dean Foods, which contributed in part to Dean's bankruptcy and several plant closures that stranded dairy farmers without a contract or milk buyer. Kroger and Albertsons also run milk plants. Grocers say they're investing in processing to lower prices on popular staples to gain more leverage over consolidated food companies. The largest meat companies made such handsome margins in recent years that grocers, distributors, and even the Justice Department sued them for allegedly conspiring to fix prices. Packers have paid millions to settle these suits, though, successful farming shares. Walmart's beef ambitions come at a time when cattle producers are clamoring for better options. For years, the big four packers, who control over 80% of the U.S. beef processing, have profited off of rising retail beef prices without sharing the wealth with other cattle producers, Tanner. Yeah, that's certainly something that 
continues to catch everybody's attention. We see the second company in Iowa proposing their expansive pipeline system, kicking forward the potential schedule with the board of permitting process for the Iowa Utilities Board. Nonetheless, Navigator CO2 Ventures interview that we've also had previously, the company proposes to set its final evidentiary hearing to begin June 27th, 2024, to avoid any other conflicts with other known hearings. They're pushing it out into the middle of the summer. They want both planting and harvest seasons to not inflict with their meeting. So that way everybody can attend that wants to attend. Of course, this is Navigator's little shot back at uh, the summit pipeline as they are having their evidentiary hearing this fall. Farm Bureau appreciates Navigator for selecting June as a start date for their hearing process, as it is after planting season. The Iowa Farm Bureau Federation said in their recent comments. We'll continue to keep an eye on that as well. Jennifer, do you have any more news for today or should I jump into Russia, Ukraine and the markets? I do have one last story to share ending on a positive note as New Holland launches new disc header for Speed Rower Plus. New Holland has introduced a new head size option for its Speed Rower Plus series of self-propelled wind rowers with the Durabine 413 Plus disc header. The Durabine 413 features the same components as the Discbine 313 Plus Center pivot disc mower conditioners like the MoMax 2 Plus modular cutter bar and 125-inch wide chevron patterned steel or rubber conditioning rolls. Similar to the Discbine 313, the QuickMax knife change system and ShockPro hubs come standard on the Durabine 413 Plus. The Durabine 413 Plus also sports easy access for maintenance with easy-to-lift poly-bifold upper shields, and the roll drive door is made from durable poly and has a steel plate at the bottom for added protection. Material overlaps the curtains in place without the need for extra clips or magnets. This website shares that for more information, you can visit newholland.com. Hey, that is exciting. Putin will make a diplomatic trip to Turkey in the next coming weeks, his first visit to a NATO-affiliated country since the start of the war. Turkey's president confirmed this visit will be in place. No steps should be taken that will escalate tensions in the Russia-Ukraine war. Their emphasis is on the Black Sea Green Initiative. However, that news came today just as they attacked Ukraine's main island port across the Danube River from Romania, sending global food prices even higher as it ramps up its force to prevent Ukraine from exporting grain. Russia also downed seven Ukrainian drones near Moscow in its latest string of attacks. Russia also started shelling and targeted more than 20 different settlements and killed a woman in the Zaporizhia region on Thursday. Wagner mercenaries have moved from Russia to Belarus, may try to destabilize NATO's eastern flank. The authorities across Russia have reported a string of arson attacks on military enlisted offices and resources as internal issues are continuing to mount. But we'll look at markets here as we wrap up our conversation today. Corn's down in the overnight two cents. The December contract will open at 4.98 and a half. Soybeans did recover a little bit overnight. September contracts up 12 and a half, but the November is only up five cents to open at 1326 and a quarter. The December wheat contract basically even in the overnight opening at 667 and a half. Livestock markets 
right across the board, live cattle, October contract down $1.30 at $180.50. The feeder cattle contract down $1.80 for September at $250.10. Lean hogs down penny even, uh, opening the August contract at $102.67. This interview is going to bring in a familiar voice to Farm for Profit listeners. My co-host, Corey Hillibo and I, took the advantage of an opportunity to talk with Sage Ag in Central Iowa, recorded this as a What's Working in Ag segment for Farm for Profit, but wanted to make sure everybody on Ag News Daily got access to it as well. What a neat company and a neat need right now for those who'd be interested. So let's jump into that recording right now. We've got Carson and Casey here from Sage Ag, and Casey is actually the official Bushlight Combine trucker. Oh. So we need to get some swag made up for that. That's right. So Sage Ag, Carson, what, what is Sage Ag? Well, Sage Ag is a contractor for a major ag equipment manufacturer. Okay. Uh, I can't say specifically who, Yeah. Uh, but we are based in central Iowa. We've got about 100 employees, and we've been doing this since 2004. Really what the cool thing is is we're the in-between uh, or the link between engineering, uh, the guys that design the products, and the farmers that use it. Yep. And so we can kind of speak both, both languages. A lot of things what we do is we go out uh, with prototype and experimental equipment to uh, put it in the hands of those users and um, tell the engineering what's going on with it, right? We try to paint a very vivid picture of what's going on in the field. Uh, not only failures, but we also get parts sent out to us um, to put on for evaluation, right? Yeah. So we'll do that all over the country, even uh, really all over the world. Pre-COVID, we were quite a bit of places. Right. Yeah, you got crews everywhere. From right. California. So it's, it's not just yeah. here in central Iowa. No, no. I do have uh, positions in central Iowa. That's kind of more of a nine to five. But I've, I've got guys literally from Maryland to California, um, Oregon to Florida, yeah. everywhere. I mean, and there's there's literally farms where there's just tractors driving all day long, yeah. getting putting hours on, yep. trying to see what breaks, what, you know, that yeah. type of stuff. I'm dating myself, but about 10 years ago, we were testing a new sprayer that was coming out, and all we were doing, we had about four or 500 acres of desert in California, and that's all we did was just spray water on the desert. <laughs> and it was always dusty, but just shaking them down, seeing what the booms fall off, you know, just constantly spraying water, and, and we would run those machines 20 hours a day. Isn't that kind of ironic that you were still spraying all day long and it was still dusty? Right. You know, it, oh, never, yeah. it never got enough water on yeah. it. Huh. That's just fascinating to think of. The number of fills. Literally, if that's all you're doing is spraying water and you sprayed all day, because you would constantly just be pulling up to get filled up. And you're like an umbilical. And yeah. it's in the middle of the desert. Right. So we're simula simulating what we would do back here in the Midwest. So we weren't really just trying to dump water on or anything. But, you know, anywhere we would tell uh, the guys to go out there and change the rates, anywhere from 10 to 20 gallons an acre. And just if they – you could see the guys that like driving sprayers because they'd lower the rates and drive for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the guys that wanted to get out and stretch, they would up the rates and come in and fill every 45 minutes. Yep, yep. And you guys are doing uh, aftermarket type stuff too. I, I know I had some videos of you guys putting on a, what do you call that, fast fill system. Yep. So that's load command. Load command, yep. Yep. Um, so we do uh, certain upfits for factory options. Yep. And we'll bring machines up to our shop over in Slater, um, install it, test it, calibrate it, and send it back to the factory before it gets shipped out to the customer. Awesome. 
So you're working on more than just sprayers. Yes. You've talked sprayers so far, but yep. you work on all types of equipment? Or all what's types that of, look like? Yeah, pretty much all types of large ag. Uh, we're really big into the hay and forage products. Um, so round balers, large square balers, self-propelled windmills, et cetera. Uh, we've actually got a shop down in southeast Iowa that caters specifically to those products. Uh, we've also worked on combines, and that's actually how we got our start, was working with experimental combines. Um, to really date myself, I did some of the final work on some of the 70 series um, machines that came out. So, okay. Yeah. So you got to see the 70 series before they became the great 70 series. Right, right. Yeah. That's got to be the coolest part of that job is you're seeing everything before anyone ever does. But also probably the hardest because you can't tell anyone about it, right? Well, yeah, you can't tell anybody about it. And you can't really uh, look it up on, like, parts or anything, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that we work for is, um, you know, has a has a machine that's a little bit older that we can look up parts that may be similar. But we're really working directly with engineering okay. um, uh, for advice on, you know, to get the parts sent out to us directly in the field or advi advice on how to repair something. So are you guys the ones that, you know, I always hear stories about a combine that's got like a different color or wrap or something. Yeah, it's almost like, like two like years ahead of its time. Like, yeah. Are you guys doing that kind of stuff? Maybe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if you Maybe. could tell us, we'd have to kill us. That's right. <laughs> Yes. I know there are different decals that get put on, but uh, yeah. generally the more you try to camouflage it and tarp it, the more attention it draws. So if we can just kind of blend it in. Maybe slap some old style decals on and yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Casey, I, Casey, what do you do? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I pretty much do everything around there. I mean, as long from as truck there's AC involved. Correct. Correct. <laughs> air, air, air conditioning's got to be involved. So I do everything from trucking to upfitting sprayers and about anything in between. I mean, yeah. honestly, my day, I don't know what I'm going to do that day when I get there no. most days. So. You like that? Because you're, you're fairly new there. What, what are you, a couple years? Just, no, just over a just year over now. A year and like, what, two, three months? So. Yep. Casey's probably one of the best operators I know. I'll just say that. And, and that's with Carson in the room. And, yeah. You know, I guess I haven't seen Carson do do much. This <laughs> yeah. is before my time, so. But uh, I he's I know where he came from and and what he can do. He's a purely an asset to Sage. I know that. So how did you even get into doing this? I mean, this doesn't sound like something that Corey and I could walk in to start working on. So the long story short is my boss, the owner of Sage, uh, he was. Uh, doing his undergrad at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. He was originally from California. Uh, he got recruited to come do his master's in ag engineering at Iowa State. Um, and the intention was that the, he was going to get hired uh, to work for our biggest client uh, once he was done with school. Things didn't work out quite right, and um, they weren't able to hire him. It wasn't anything his fault. Basically... Um, he goes back to California. He says, hey, that's cool. I'm going to go back there. I'm not ready to live in the Midwest. And he goes back there and uh, kind of starts his own thing. And he gets a call a couple years later. And uh, they ask him to come on as a contract engineer. From there, that was 2004. Um, he traveled for like two or three years solid just himself. I started in 2008. And I think at that time we had three employees. And like I say, we're close to 100 now. Yeah. So Wow. Very nice. Okay, so this is a what's working in ag segment. For our listeners, we need, to, we need to know what's going to work for them. Obviously, we know that there's testing going on, and it's good to see that some of this stuff is being put through the ringers before it actually gets to their farm. But today, 
how how is this conversation going to be beneficial to our listeners? So what I'm looking for is that, you know, many of your listeners I know have a love-hate relationship with engineers. Mm -hmm. This is their chance to come and, and work with engineers and talk, talk to them and, and help design those uh, machines to say, you know, why is it designed this way? Yeah. Or why why did they put the oil filter right up in here? Right? Or grease zerk. Like oh, what yeah. do you how do you expect me to get to that? Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. You want me to grease that daily and yeah. it's under five shields, right? Yeah. Um, so we work a lot, I mean, with the design and the validation engineers um, to try to bring a little real world into it. You know, we're a lot of farm kids. Um, I hire a lot of AST majors from Iowa State, Ag Systems Tech. Um, a degree is not necessarily required, though, because I'll take experience over anything. Um, but if you ever wanted to kind of change the way and see the new technology being developed, uh, that's what we're doing. So you're looking for people. Absolutely, always. Yep. Everyone's looking for people, but yeah. this sounds like... A really cool job. It could be fun. Yeah. 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 Even I think I could so have what, fun. What What particularly are you looking for them to do, or just any any position? Right so now? yeah, any position really, because we're always hiring. Um, we are in a uh, moment of growth, and it has been that way for the last couple of years. Um, really, even when we're not growing, we're still doing something and expanding right. in some ways. Yep. But I have mobile installed crews that go all over the country and work on customer-owned machinery. Um, we are taking planters and sprayers and basically retrofitting and, or upgrading them uh, to current technology. So we can make a regular planter into a high-speed planter and do all that stuff. Um, we could put uh, a several-year-old sprayer and make it uh, individual nozzle shutoffs and everything like that. So we could put new technology on older equipment. And we've done that anywhere from Utah to North Carolina last year and Saskatchewan to Georgia. So we're really all over the place in the wintertime. Right. Those um, are the PUKs we learned about at Commodity. Yeah, and when we were at Commodity Classic, I, I asked down there, like, who is doing this? Because the mechanics at dealerships don't seem to have time to get combine or tractor into, you know, it's, they're weeks out there. How right. are they going to do the upgrades? So yep. This is the answer to that question. Yeah, we're helping out. Yep. And you get someone that knows it's not just some fly-by-night person that's right. like, oh, I could just throw these row units on or whatever. So yep. it makes sense. And I, I was over at their shop yesterday, and uh, looks like they're upfitting uh, trailers and trucks and getting ready. Yep. I mean, they're getting you're going to have uh, a nice set of tools and all that to do. Yeah, we're going to be fully sustainable. So we really want to just come into a customer-owned shop or a dealership shop, and we roll in. We roll out all the tools. We even bring trash cans. Wow. I mean, everything that we're bringing in, we roll out with us, and we have the, everything to do the job. We supply all the tools. What I'm looking for is the people that's willing to go and travel and work on equipment, and, and people that enjoy working on equipment. Get to see the country and meet some different people, see how it's done. On the farmer side, is this still ran through the dealer network, or is there something that they have to contact you direct? How does that work? Yep, so it would be run through the dealer network. That's where you would order these kits from. Um, and then it's basically down to if the customer wants to install it themselves, the dealer, or they can have an option of um, a install service. Right. Uh, once that goes through, uh, then long about way we get contacted, yep. and, and then we'll put it on our schedule. So nice. they don't need to be based here in central Iowa? No, they could live anywhere. Yep. 
what basically what I like to have is uh, people that can come on with us and, and travel for four to six weeks at a time. We do have a demanding travel schedule. Um, but then after that, you guys go home for a week, turn around, rest, and then uh, we'll do it again another four to six weeks out. Gotcha. Have boots, will travel. All right. I imagine, I mean, it sounds like a really fun job. I mean, I would have loved that before I, before I had a family, right? Right. It's kind of like trucking, right, yeah. if you're gone that far. But if you're going to college or just out of college, I mean, is it awesome. Is it something our listener could do this during their not-so-busy season exactly. and not be full-time employed? Exactly. So specifically with this mobile install crew stuff, um, our busiest time is going to be about September through May. So, and, and really ramp up like in November through February. So, um, you know, if, if you've got somebody sitting around bored, and they want to go see Florida or do something like that. I can't guarantee every plan to sure. rebuild is going to be in Florida. Sure. Uh, we also did go we'll to... We'll be North. in, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We went to northern Minnesota last year in February, too, and the oh. guys got snowed in for almost a week. But We um, could go snowmobile on an ice fishing. Right. You know, <laughs> if you want to get out, you know. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Okay. I mean, I, I even think of it like... And maybe in September might be a little hard, but like if you didn't quite have enough to have a full-time person on the farm, right. but like during the winter you could send them off. Like, yep. yeah, they're very skilled. Like that'd be good. And this would be a full-time position because not only do we do the mobile install stuff, but we're still working with engineering uh, and developing products. So, um, you know, if the right person wanted to come on, we'd be interested in full-time employment because right after March and May, when that gets done, we're going into the summer test okay. season. So. Right. So, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a wide range of pay out there. I imagine you guys are going to be very competitive. Yeah. 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 And, and the really good thing about us is that the company pays for everything. Um, the only th three things, alcohol, tobacco, and toiletries, we won't cover. But we're putting you up in your own hotel room, generally holiday inns, Marriott's, and that stuff. We're paying for your food. We give you a brand-new truck to drive, putting fuel in it, got the tools. Man. Just go to the steakhouse every night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what Casey does. Been there. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> so how do they reach out to you? Where do they go to get signed up if this is something that they're interested in? Yep. So the easiest way is to go to sageaginc.com is our website. And if they Google Sage Ag, S-A-G-E, uh, that would be the quickest way. And from there, they can see some of the job openings and the careers that we have available. Uh, they can actually apply right through the website. And... Uh, my number's on the website, so honestly, if you give it a call. Right. Perfect. This is kind of a, a unique let's work in an ag segment, but truly, it's a way that you can go work in ag. Well, we have a lot of listeners uh, that farm. We have a lot of younger listeners, a lot of people that are going to college, you know, and you can do this purely anywhere. If this was just a local position, it would be so hard for us right. to say that we're going to do any good for you. Yeah. But. Right, so yeah. if you have or a for our listeners, son or daughter to... that is looking at something to do, if you got... Hired hand. Would you take a yeah. nine-year-old? <laughs> Can't take a nine-year-old, no. She um, knows how to use a gizmo yeah. watch. <laughs> I, I think we're going to hire a 17-year-old in California, though. So, um, nice. Yeah. We, uh, he came up with us, and he just heard about us, but he's got a lot of experience. And so we're actually checking to make sure everything's okay. But And what better way to see the world and learn about right. different parts of the ag and all that? Like I can't think of anything better. So a lot of my employees are, are in school currently. And, um, you know, it's a big ask for, as an employer for me to ask them to take a semester off. But I did it when I was in college. It was awesome. I went to 
Brazil for two months. I went over to Germany for a month testing combines, and then mm-hmm. I went to Australia for almost three. Yeah, he I, took our uh, our rum that Uppy gave us. That yeah, he actually likes our oh, rum. Oh, there yeah. you go, Bundy, Bundy rum. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it was not good, Uppy. Not good. Oh, <laughs> well, that's so. good. Well, gentlemen, this is this has been a, a different little bit of pace for our listeners. Sure. I love this. This was this was neat for me to finally catch up because I knew kind of what you did, but now our listeners know all that you do. So sageaginc.com. Yep. Well, Jennifer, thanks for sharing some airtime with Corey and I, and of course, Sage Ag. If people are interested in a new fun potential opportunity, employment, maybe part-time winter gig, it could be a good option for them. Absolutely. I'm so glad that listeners got the chance to listen about this and hear more about some exciting agriculture news. That's right. And listeners, we'll be back tomorrow, Friday edition, so don't go anywhere. But for today, what do you say? Should we let them go? Let's let him go.